Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, January 2nd, 2019, and of course, the first program of the year. Appreciate you being with me. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining here, me, with me here on Invest Talk. Our daily objective is to make you an above average investor. To help you achieve that goal, I provide, or at least I promise to provide, the best unbiased insight and information I can give. And along the way, I also welcome your investment questions. That drives the show. I think your questions make it interesting. So you can get through right now at Invest Talk and call our anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Now, you'll be hearing more about that later in the program. But I do want to quickly let you know that I will be returning to San Jose on January 23rd. I didn't. I don't usually don't go up there in December because, you know, with the holidays. But I'll be there January 23rd, and space is, of course, limited, as it always is. I'm only there for usually a day, and I meet as many people as I can. And if there's a big demand, I'll try to, try to push it to two days, but that's hard to do. But January 23rd, 888-99-CHART is our call. You can send me an email on investtalk.com. You know, to try to set up an appointment, we'll get you in as best we can. Now, the market opened down this morning. Did you see that? The, the 29 of 30 Dow stocks opened up down. The pre-market said the market was going to open up down 400 points. It didn't quite get there. It got to a minus 300 points or so during the day. But it opened at about 250 drop, point drop. The SP Dow was down. The NASDAQ was down. All of, The NASDAQ was down almost 2%. So, you know, of course, the overall, the big tech names were taking the hits. You know, we've had a, the, the big, a lot of pain in the FANG stocks. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that there's might be time to tip, to, to, to put your toe in the market and some of those uh, big tech stocks, not all of them. Remember, I don't like Facebook, so. <laughs> and if anybody asks me the question, I'll, I'll explain. If you ask, I'll explain why I don't like it. But, you know, some of the others are looking kind of attractive at these prices. And I don't know if we're done with our correction, but, you know, it's been pretty severe. And, I mean, it's been a kind of a stealth bear market. Are we done with it? And I don't know if we are. Just don't know. Here's a history question for you. When was the last time that the market was down at the same time there was a government shutdown? Of course, this is a partial government shutdown, which I don't think affects too many of us out there. And the answer is 1990. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) So we're talking 28 years plus. Now, last week I talked about the global economy and how the U.S. market can be affected by or react to changes in major overseas markets. And in this instance, I'm talking about China, but there's two major overseas markets, China, the EU, and Japan. Those are the major markets, but the EU is suffering. China is suffering. Um, and, you know, China's imports, of course, you know, 
has been a real problem with the tariffs that that have been put on. And, you know, we have in March is when they're really going to take effect, if they take effect, if there's no agreement. But these things hurt China a lot more than hurts us. We're, they're dependent on imports, exports. We're not. We're not dependent on our exports. They are dependent on theirs. Um, some are suggesting the Chinese economy might be growing as low as 1%. Uh, the last official number we got was a little, what, 6% or so? So, and remember that Chinese don't, are very, it's a closed economy, you really don't know, closed system completely, you really don't know what's going on, you have to do everything anecdotally, it's pretty difficult. So, but, Germany had the last quarter, third quarter, a shrinkage in their GDP. If they have another quarter like that, this fourth quarter, that would be a recession for Germany. And Germany is 20% of the EU. And if they're going to be in a recession, chances are very high. The rest of the EU will follow suit. So they've got problems. Remember, they just announced starting this this month, January 2019, that they're going to, they're going to uh, uh, quit their QE at the same time that they may be falling in a recession. Bad timing. Bad timing. Anyway, so some a little lighter, a little lighter story. Do you see this story about the uh, the uh, a New York person kicking off the new year with a win on the lottery? Guy, some some person in Long Island, uh, the town of Glen Head, he got all six numbers on the Mega Millions. He won four hundred twenty-five million dollars. How much do you think he'll end up putting in his pocket? Less than half of that. Let's see. I think it said 60. Let's see. Uh, federal taxes would get like 61 million or so. That seems low to me. I think it should be higher than that. And New York has like a 9% tax rate. Of, so that's about 22 million there. So, you know, so remember, net 425 million is probably payments over spread out over 20 years as opposed to a lump sum. Lump sum is probably going to be much less than that. And then you tax that lump sum. Okay, he's going to be rich, that's for sure. But, you know, the, the, it's not the big number that you think. Probably be $100, $150 million. Out of four hundred twenty-five. by the time he puts it in his pocket. Because it's, you know, the way that it works. They, always, they never give you the real number, which I like to know. I think about $193 million is what he's going to get. That's the number. Pretty sad, really. The rest of it goes to taxes. Or they just mislead you in the top number oh well there's always interesting news out there but stock market news economic news and even just interesting news but let's make let's must make time for a question you guys want to you know about the market or stocks in the market or you know interest rates or anything that's financial that's what we want to talk about here 888-99-CHART hi Stephen justin happy new year guys I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how often you should rebalance your retirement accounts. So I've been doing it about once every quarter, just tinkering here and there. But is that a smart move or am I getting hit with kind of tax burdens here? If you could address that and talk about how often you would recommend doing that. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, I probably would suggest, you know, once every six months or once a year, you can only doing it on a quarterly basis is only if the market's really volatile up or down and you know, then you get out of whack quickly. But generally you don't have to be too, uh, um, too aggressive or too, 
um, you don't have to stare at it, in other words, you know, uh, because a lot of people do that and they get lost in the minutia when overall markets go up generally, you know. Um, so when you do rebalancing your portfolio, usually it's on a, a longer period of time. But as I said, it depends on how volatile the market. We've had a pretty volatile market. So, you know, I would do it on a quarterly basis now. But generally, you don't need to do it that often. Okay. Good question, though. Very good question. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The market actually ended up up today. The Dow was up 19th, the Nasdaq was up 31, and the S&P was up 3. Now, remember, it was down almost 300 on the Dow in the opening at the beginning of the day. It worked all the way back. I, I thought that was fairly impressive. Now, it also did that on on Monday. It's been doing that the recent few days. Opening it up lower and then ending higher. Before that, it was just the opposite. So, is this a sign that we put in a bottom? Well, I can tell you, we can. I would tell you, yes, we put in a bottom. We have put in a bottom. Now, you should ask me, did we put in the bottom of this cycle? And I'm going to say no. I don't think we put in the bottom, but that bottom could take a year, maybe two years to be to, to be the bottom. So I'm not so convinced we haven't seen uh, a, a bottom for a while. Uh, and we will know more about that when we start getting earnings reports coming out. In about two weeks, we'll, I mean, we're going to get the fourth quarter earnings. So we're going to see more and more about that. It is going to be hard for the U.S. not to be affected by the rest of the economic weakness in the world. Our, we, our economy this year will slow down from last year. But will we fall into recession? Now, I've said probably for most of last year that if we get a recession, it'll probably be late this year or the following year if we're going to get one. And that's the likely time that we'll get one. It could be earlier. Could be later. Depends on what the government does, what the Federal Reserve does, what the rest of the world. I mean, you just can't like. There's no crystal ball out there. You only can observe patterns, and I'm telling you, that's the pattern. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and Justin Klein and I thank you for making Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. We really do enjoy it. We look forward to helping you raise your probability of gaining money in your portfolio. I know we've all had a tough 2018. We, I'm not excluding myself. It was a tough 2018. But 2018, you know, it may not be a great year for the market, but it could be a good year for us individually. So we'll give it up a shot. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Um, let's see. And uh, did I give you? Yeah, we'll be back in just a minute. It's a new year. Welcome to 2019. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make InvestTalk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. So as you work and plan for a comfortable financial future, please keep listening to our live InvestTalk programs and be sure to tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk and the 24-7 availability of program podcasts at InvestTalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, our main talking point today, the Federal Reserve is losing its ability to control interest rates. A former uh, Senate banking chief says the Fed is both raising rates and reducing bonds. Remember their balance sheet. That's what he's talking about, reducing their balance sheet by reducing the bonds in the balance sheet. Uh, and it could result in an explosion of money supply that would drive inflation. Remember, if they're reducing their bonds, they're not buying them and they're actually reducing them. That means inst- financial institutions will have more money than they need. Therefore, because they're not sopped up, that money's not sopped up in the bond market. So we'll see if that happens. And there's a balance. It's a very delicate balance that the Federal Reserve is in right now. And um, every investor was humbled in 2018, so it's pretty wise to try to figure out what happened. So I'm going to talk about, do you realize there's two sectors are actually up for the year 2018? Only two, though. I'm going to go over that. Um, and we, we're, I, do, I do want to delve into the Chinese manufacturing uh, sector cooling off pretty sharply. I want to talk about that a little bit more, more detail. Um, and... What what are the worst and best performers in in uh, 2008? I like to do a review of 2018 to just get it so we all understand well what happened and what can we do about it in 2019. Remember, the market doesn't repeat itself. This is what what is a, a bad mistake for investors. It's just because there was losers last year doesn't mean they're going to be losers this year. Many times it's just the opposite, and you know, the FANG stocks were great winners for well over a year, year and a half, two years. And everybody was in love with them, right? Everybody wanted to be in the FANG stocks. That's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And then they got crushed and started in October. I mean, they're all of them in the bear market, lost 30% on average or more, some more, some a little less, but they got crushed. Okay, does that mean... Do you abandon them now? Or do you start thinking about buying them? Hmm. I kind of like thinking about buying them now. I'm not saying I'm going to go out and buy them all. I'm not, no, I would not do that. But I might, you know, as I said, dip your toe in the water there. This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And I invite you to check, on, check us out at Best Talk Academy. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose to meet with Invest Talk listeners that understand the value of receiving a free portfolio review from Steve. Mark your calendar, Wednesday, January 23rd. If you live anywhere in Northern California, you should reserve your space for a no cost portfolio review consultation. Register now at investtalk.com. You've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here, and you can get his unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Excuse me. Let's talk to Bob in Sacramento. How are you doing, Bob? Hi. Happy New Year's, and thank you for taking my call again. Thank you, Um, Bob. I appreciate it. I was going to ask you about Western Dental Corp. I was thinking about keeping this, actually, forever, but at least for five years. Um, 
I was going to put like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in it, it like maybe a third of my portfolio. Okay, it, what is the symbol? It's not WDC. That's uh, Western Digital Corporation. Oh, Western that's the one. I'm Dental. sorry. Well, Western Digital WDC. is what you're interested in. Okay, yeah. that's Western Digital. Makes hard drive disks, uh, solid state drives for desktop, notebooks, computers, enterprise applications. It's an $11 billion company. It's a big company. And it's gotten beat up all year. And I know this one very well, Bob, because we bought this several months ago. And I've been in a lot of pain. <laughs> a lot of pain. <laughs> because it fell, it's been falling. Um, but it looks like the earnings are going to rebound in 2020. They're going to be $7.02 this year. And then $7.56 next year. But the problem was last year, they were like $14 a share. So that's what got it crushed. But I thought it was crushed enough to buy it. Then it just kept going down. So so now the question, it looks like the last four or five days, it's bounced with the market. The PE ratio going forward is like, uh, what, five. So it's pretty low. They pay a 5% dividend. They have a return on equity, huge return on equity, 39%. The, the problem was that the sales were going down and they didn't stabilize. They looked like they stabilized for like two or three quarters. And then this most recent quarter, they fell again, like three down, down 3% shrinkage. So now I say 8 to 9%, they were still growing 8 to 9%. Now this last recent quarter, they shrink. We haven't got the fourth quarter numbers yet. But I like Western Digital. Fundamentally, it's a very strong company. Um, and it's a matter of, when is a good time to pick it up? And if it can hold the low it put in about five, seven days ago, I mean, that's a real test. I would wait, Bob, to buy it until you got the fourth quarter earnings. I want to see what those, if they are still weakening or, you know, last quarter we had a big surprise and it really hurt the stock. So I, I'm, I'm now leery about the surprise. I own this stock in some of my managed accounts, one of my managed accounts. So, you know, I think I would be very cautious. Don't be in a big rush to buy it is what I'm saying. But I think it's a very well-run company. Okay? Thanks, Bob. Our main talking point today, the Federal Reserve is losing its ability to control interest rates. Okay? Remember, they only control, the word control is important here. They only control one rate. And that's the overnight rate they charge banks. Okay? So if a bank wants to borrow money from the Federal Reserve, they set that rate. Now, the problem you have is banks also can borrow money from other banks. So that rate is not controlled by the Federal Reserve. That's controlled by the banks. So what happens if the Federal Reserve is not the... Okay, let me step back a little bit. The Federal Reserve has always been the lowest cost of money. Okay. So you go to Federal Reserve, that's the lowest. If you're a bank and you want to borrow money from the Federal Reserve to lend it out at a higher cost, that's how you got more business. You know, if you couldn't get more depositors, you could always use your, your, your balance sheet to borrow money from the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve was the lowest provider um, of money, the least cost provider of money. Well, what's happening is bank rates to banks and other things, those, those numbers are getting very, very low, matching the Federal Reserve. If that if they do that or go below the Federal Reserve rate, then the Federal Reserve loses control, right? The banks are making setting the rate, not the Federal Reserve. And that's what this article is about, about the Federal Reserve losing its ability to really 
control their interest rates by setting the bottom wrong low rate, their rate, overnight bank rate, then all the other rates being out there in the public, controlled by the public, but always based on the bank rate. Now, that may not be so, especially at the time when they're providing a lot of more liquidity in some way by reducing their balance sheet. That's putting money into the system here. So it's just a very interesting argument. Is the Federal Reserve losing its ability to really manage the economy by its interest rate movement? Well, I can tell you, it's hurt. You know, the the stock market pays attention to it because the Federal Reserve raised rates what four times last year, and look what happened after about in October when the Federal Reserve, you know, is talking about raising three more times next year. All of a sudden, the market started to get very upset about that. In October, they had a big fall. Then the Federal Reserve raised rates again a couple weeks ago, and then it said that it's going to be raising rates two times when the market is saying, you know, the world economy is shrinking, it's falling, the growth is really taking a hit. you got problems with trade war with China, and the market doesn't like what it sees. The market generally is right, not the Federal Reserve. So they're nervous. Tomorrow on the Best Talk, America has been trying to get China to agree to trade terms that are fair to both countries. And U.S. Trade Representative Lintzner thinks more tariffs could be needed to get meaningful Chinese concessions. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, this is Greg from Long Island. Thanks so much for the show. Been listening to the podcast last few weeks and love everything about it. I uh, just had a question about a company called Tivity Health, T-V-T-Y. It was a few days ago they just made news that they were going to buy out Nutrisystem, I think, for like $1.8 billion. I forget the amount. But um, they seem to have dropped about 28% based on that news, and then Nutrisystem seemed to have driven up about 20%. So just curious if Tivity Health was a, a healthy business or a good, strong buy in it. I think it's like around twenty six seventy nine right now. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And uh, thanks so much for your advice. Appreciate it. Okay. When one company buys another company, the stock prices change for both companies normally. Okay. So let's say you're a big giant company, Johnson Johnson, and you're buying Tivity, and Tivity is a 
$990 million. For you, Johnson Johnson, $990 million is pocket change. Okay. But when, you know, are, are, they're not buying Tiffany, the other company. The other company's worth $1.8 million, and Tiffany's worth only $1 billion. $1.8 billion to $1 billion. So you have a $1 billion company buying a $1.8 billion company. That is a huge burden for the company buying the company. Where are they going to get that money? Do they have the cash? They have to borrow the money. How much debt are they going to go into? Are they going to issue the number of shares? How, how is the deal structured? Uh, let's see if I can find it. Okay, yeah, to acquire a neutral system for $38.75 per share in cash and 0.214 company shares per share of the company. About $1.3 billion. So you have a $1 billion company buying a $1.3 billion company. So the stock of the company that's buying the other company will drop. How big of a drop depends on how big of a company they're buying. And of course here they're buying a company that's bigger than them. So the stock is going to drop and it did. It went from $41 all the way down to $27.50 or so in one day. And today it's at $24.62. Because it's swallowing this huge company. It's got to pay cash. It's got to pay in shares. And it doesn't have that extra stuff. So the investors worry about this kind of deal. Now, what happens if the deal falls through? Well, Tiffany go right back up probably to, you know, $30, $40 where it was. $35, $40 and from 24 if the deal fails. So if you bought this stock stock at $24.62 is what it's trading out today, and the deal falls, that's a great deal. That would be a great pick. If the deal goes through, then it's a question of, well, uh, will Nutrisystem add to Tiffany Health? I mean, how much profits do they make? How, how, how hard is it going to fold these two companies together when the one that's being purchased is bigger than the one that's doing the purchasing? It's a difficult thing to analyze. And my personal opinion is you probably should stay away from it because it's difficult. It's difficult. If you want to take a shot at it, you could, but just know that you really don't know what's going to happen here. You just don't. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. What two sectors made money last year than all the other sectors lost? Which two? Two sectors made money. It was a healthcare and utilities. Now, mind you, okay, mind you, healthcare was up 3.3% and utilities was up 0.3 tenths of 1%. Three tenths of 1%, 0.3. Three tenths of 1%. So that's pretty darn small. Okay, uh, and the the other sectors, you know, the small cap, mid cap, mid cap stocks down 13%. Small cap stocks down 10%. Uh, S&P 1500 down 7.6%. Information technology down 2.5%. Real estate down 5.7%. Consumer staples down 11.5%. Financials down 15 Industrials down 15 Communication services down 17, materials down 17, and energy down 21%. Those were some of the major sectors and uh, uh, industries, groups 
it was almost virtually impossible to hide from the market. Almost virtually impossible. You, you'd have to be 100% invested in healthcare and our utilities for the year, and then you would have made, oh, if it was half and half, you maybe made 1.5%. Cash did better than almost anything else. Cash. So does that mean you stay away from the market? No. The market goes in two directions. I, you know, everybody loves a market when it's going up and they think it's going to go up forever. They keep buying stocks at higher and higher and higher prices. There is a point where it ends. You have to just, you have to understand that it's going to end. And if you've been listening to the show last year, you knew uh, for months we were, Justin and I were thinking the FANG stocks are just too expensive. I can't afford to buy them. I love to own them, but I can't afford to buy them. Then, of course, it got crushed, started in October. Now you're going to hear me say, you know, it looks like it might be a decent time to think about buying a couple of those things stocks. Yeah, the market not, may not be bottom, may not bottom, may, may have more to go, but they're pretty darn cheap now. A couple of them. Not all of them. I'm not. Eh. So I want you to be careful with what you're going to do. But a couple, a couple of them look attractive to me. And these are big cap, blue chippy kind of tech stocks. So, you know, you're not taking a big, huge risk on them. Uh, so maybe you should consider something in that area. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and the Invest Talk radio program and podcast provides your daily dose of market news and unbiased commentary. But please also let me remind you of our other tools. We distribute a weekly KPP premium newsletter. It goes out every Friday, every Friday. Detailed analysis every Friday of what's going on in the week. Also, we routinely, we routinely host wealth webinars, and we post them on our website. And we have a new offering, Invest Talk Academy. We have a one-hour class every week. Tomorrow is going to be, uh, let's see, Justin, Justin did his today, this afternoon. I will, my next class will be next Thursday at 9 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. Online training classes. We cover a very large variety of financial investment subjects. And we do it in depth. We talk about it in depth. You can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. That's investtalkacademy.com. We'll still have time for your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose to meet with Invest Talk listeners that understand the value of receiving a free portfolio review from Steve. Mark your calendar, Wednesday, January 23rd. If you live anywhere in Northern California, you should reserve your space for a no-cost portfolio review consultation. Steve will analyze your portfolio's strengths and weaknesses so that you can start 2019 with a much better chance of building a comfortable financial future. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here and you can get his unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Renee from Olympia, Washington. I have a question. When people ask you about a specific stock and you say, you know, you're looking at the information, you say it doesn't make money and it hasn't made any money. What is the calculation or is it something that you see on one of the financial statements? If you could tell me that calculation or that number to be looking for, because there's so many different numbers. There's like 
net income, cash flow, free cash. So I don't know what number it is that you are looking at to see that. Thanks so much. I'll wait for the podcast to hear your answer. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. The way we measure whether a company makes money or does not make money is how much it does or does not make money per share. Okay. So for instance, uh, Microsoft, just to pick a company, has 7.6 billion shares outstanding. Okay. So how much money does it make per share? Well, this year it's going to make $4.44 per share. Okay, that's what they said last year. At, that's the estimate for this year. Last year, it made $3.88 per share. The year before, $3.74 per share. So when I say this company doesn't make money, has never made money, they have never made money per share. Matter of fact, they're losing money per share. They're losing $0.10 cents a share, $0.30, cents, a dollar a share. They're losing that money every year, whatever, that, whatever I'm talking about. So when the question is, and I answer, oh, they don't make money and they never made money, it's the per share earnings. They have sales. They may have sales. In other words, they're selling stuff, and the sales may be growing very fast or maybe not growing at all. But even if it's growing very fast, their overhead, the cost for those sales, outstrip the sales. So there's no profits. It's losing money every year. Uh, for years and years and years and years, everybody wanted a cure for cancer. For years, I mean decades, cure for cancer, cure for cancer. They still talk about it, but it was really a hot item for years. And all these little tiny companies, you know, research companies were, were went public and just spent money doing research for the cure for cancer. And all those companies had a great story that they, they're working on the cure for cancer, but never made any money. So you don't, inv- I don't invest in companies that don't make money. They, they have to make money. I'm a, I'm a, what is it, is it Missouri, which is the show me state? I don't know, remember which one it was. One of those states, it's a show me state. You have to show me that you're going to be able to make money before I put my money into your company. Before I want to own a piece of your company and make it a piece of my company that I own, I want profits. And that's just a philosophical uh, d- d- demand that I put on myself and therefore and I buy for myself what I buy for my clients so we don't buy companies that don't make money now do I never buy companies that don't make money? no I occasionally will tip my toe in it but generally nope they don't want to make money I don't want them why would you want to own something that doesn't make money the only reason you would is because you heard or read or someone told you a really good story. I don't like buying story stocks. As a matter of fact, that's going to be one of my uh, a part of my lesson next week, next Thursday, is the pitfalls, the pitfalls to avoid. And as one of them is don't buy companies that don't make money. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart. Very good question, though. Thank you. I mean, it's a very enlightening question for me because it tells me that maybe I need to be more careful of how I say things because um, I I may have assumed that everybody knew what I was talking about when I said the company doesn't make any money. Well, see, this is the problem when I've been doing it for umpteen bazillion decades. I I just, you know, I just, everything I know it just is something I think, well, everybody else knows too. I don't even consider that you may not know the terminology I'm using. And that's wrong on my part. I need to be more careful about that.
I know Justin does it too because I've listened to the shows that he puts on and I tell him, you're talking over people's head. Make sure that you explain certain things. So we try our best. You guys are supposed to keep us on our toes. So please do so. Okay, the data on the Chinese market, the data manufacturing, the manufacturing sector of, of Asia is cooling. And last week I mentioned that their internal... Uh, uh, the internal consumer spending seems to be flagging, and the the manufacturing report that we saw came out today uh, kind of confirms that that area, whole area, is slowing down in the Chinese economy. Think about this, and then add the uh, complexity of the trade war. China needs us much more than we need them. Their manufacturing sector is slowing down. The manufacturing sector is slowing down means export exports are going down. Now, just in recent times, ex- imports here to the United States increased from China. Increased because they're buying forward because they're worried about the tariffs. So think about now, you're going to get the opposite of that because that's Demand, you you paid for future demand already. So how bad is this? We don't know yet, and we probably will not know in any great detail because China hides these kinds of things from us. We don't know. But it's clear that the Chinese economy is slowing. That gives much more mm, leverage in our trade war with them, doesn't it? They need their economy to expand. They have a lot more, uh, a lot of people looking for jobs there, right? And the manufacturing sector is falling. That's where a lot of jobs are. They're not very. They're not. You know, they just became a consumer economy in recent, you know, decade or two, and it's not. And still, they're still dependent. I think it's like twenty-five percent of their economy is exports. You know, exports. I think ours is eleven. 12, something like that. So our exports are not nearly, and China restricts our imports. They add huge tariffs on our stuff already and uh, trade barriers of all kinds. So this battle should be continued, and I'm thinking we will win. I don't care about the politics. I'm caring about the health of our economy. I think that we, this, if we're going to fight this battle, this is the time to fight it. We have more advantages than they do. At this point in our history, economic history, this is the time to fight that battle, to make the playing field fairer. I think it's fascinating. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Our program is winding down, but we still have about 10 minutes remaining. And remember, please, we keep our anytime listener line open around the clock, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call anytime you want. We're live right now. The same number, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. What's your question? 888-99-CHART is how to reach Invest Talk right now. On the next Invest Talk, America has been trying to get China to agree to trade terms that are fair to both countries. U.S. Trade Rep Lighthizer thinks more tariffs could be needed. That story tomorrow. For now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 
888-992-4278. Let's talk to Manu in Fremont. How you doing, Manu? Uh, good, Steve. Uh, yeah, I, I know Apple was going to burn, uh, but the problem is how much impact it may have on Warren Buffett's heart, uh, Berkshire Hathaway stock because it's their largest holding. And uh, if he sells, can it be a chain reaction? Because he owns a lot mm. of shares. I mean, I think 252 million. Yeah. Can, okay, well, let's, uh, let's say he owns what? 2 million shares? And there's 4.7 billion shares outstanding. It, you know, he would be careful if he was going to sell. First of all, man, he doesn't like to sell, right? I mean, that's not his normal. He will sell, but that's not his normal attitude. He buys and holds forever. That's his normal attitude towards stocks or companies. But if he decided to sell the 2 million shares, he probably could get out of, out of it without us really noticing it. It would just take him a couple of months. Okay, and he do it has to do it slowly. So because there's four point you know seven billion shares outstanding, to to you know, it's just not going to be. It, it's not enough to kill the stock. It will have an effect, but it would do it slowly. He would get out slowly if that was his what his desire was. But his desire, he just recently bought some. He bought more. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. And the question is, is do you think, Manu, do you think it's at a good price uh, at $157 and it's going to make $14.64 as the estimate for next year? That means it's, what, 11 or 12 PE. And I think that's at a good price. Whether it goes down or up more, yeah, yeah, it could go down. I'm not, (laughs) I'm just thinking that Apple's one of the FANG stocks that I would consider dipping my toe in at this price. Okay? Thanks for the call, man. You appreciate it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, so we know, what do you think? What sectors will work in 2019? I would suggest that you look at the worst sectors in 2018. Worst Okay, because most times, year after year, it is rare that the same sectors year after year would go down. It's rare. So energy was the worst, and materials the second worst. Now, you have to couple this to kind of look at the worst sectors of last year, couple that with economic activity. Okay, do you think the economy is going in recession? If that's the case, energy and materials will still continue to go down. If you think we're not going in recession anytime soon, then you can start thinking it. So the, the, second, the third worst sector is communication services. And that particular sector kind of attracts me, that one. Because let's say the economy goes down. There's still communication services is not as tied to the, to the economic cycle. What about utilities? They were the best performers, but they were only up three-tenths of one percent. So it wasn't like, you know, it did really great. What it might be telling you is utilities and healthcare are just coming out of out of being down and coming up. But it looks like what happened is each one of those corrected. 
See, so you really want to look at the sector, see if there's any sector rotations, what you're looking for, really. The different sectors, what, you know, consumer staples are down 11.5%. Well, staples are those things that sell no matter if there's a recession or not. You still, people need them. You still need toothpaste. You still need toilet paper. You still need uh, 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 um, drugs. You still need, you know, the things you have to have to, to have, you know, to live. Therefore, that's consumer staples. But they had a really bad, really bad uh, year last year. Well, maybe it's something to consider now. Anyways, that's the way you look at it. You look at it and you say, okay, what sectors were the worst? Why? And what economic cycle are we in? And going forward, what might work now? I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another program. I appreciate you being with me. I have a vest talk here. I do appreciate it. Um, and all your loyal support. Well, we made it through 2018. We're going to make it through 2019. I want you all to have a great evening. And I'll be back tomorrow. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.